Question and answer time. I got a question from Lisa who gets tension headaches. It turns into pain in the front of the sinus area in the back of the head and neck and all her sinuses show clear on medical scans. If she walks or does any light exercise, she can trigger these things. She just gets a tight pressure even when the pain is not intense. So she said somebody recommended craniofacial release, which um, I haven't actually heard of. I've heard of craniosacral release um, to help all this. It's a balloon type thing where they put a balloon in your nose and the chiropractor uses it to, I guess, expand the sinuses. And so she's curious, is this a good idea? I will tell you something that you probably didn't know about me. I, I went to something called the Rolf Institute where we learned a specialized kind of body work, massage type therapy, where you use your hands, your elbows, and whatever to work on people's muscle tissue and stuff. But one of the sessions actually involves sticking your pinky into people's noses and helping that sinus pressure, whatever, and the sinuses, that sinus area get bigger, right? You relieve that pressure, the, the sinuses can get bigger. It's kind of funky. You do use gloves and lubrication, and having experienced somebody else's finger in my nose, I can tell you putting things in your nose into your sinuses can actually make it feel like you're breathing a whole lot better. Would I pay a lot of money to have somebody stick a balloon in there and expand it? I don't know. I've been trained to just stick my own finger in there and then kind of slowly sink in there, but I don't recommend you do that. Although many, many people already have training with the COVID home tests using that little thing. Anyway, this is a long way of getting back to saying, here's what I do know about tension headaches and it doesn't involve sticking fingers in your nose or anything like that. I've seen many people improve their headaches by doing things like overhead presses, doing exercise for the shoulders and the neck. Just even simple things like lateral raises, doing things like um, resistance for the neck. So if you were lying uh, down on the floor and just learning to be able to fire your neck muscles to stabilize them, likewise this way, right? Just being able to stabilize the head and neck in an aligned way using resistance bands potentially or even using your hands behind your head to help train the muscles in the back of your neck to pull back. Like those are all good ways to wake up those muscles and make things feel better. Do I know if they're gonna work for Lisa? I don't know, I have no idea. But if you're not already doing things to train head and neck alignment and shoulder um, strength and mobility, then you should because those things I have seen very clearly help people feel a whole lot better. So. Try that maybe before the balloon or try the balloon and let us know how it goes. Um, I'd be very curious to know. Another question that comes up all the time is, is swimming a good exercise? If you have joint pain, will it relieve pain? Is it the best exercise? And my answer is swimming is an exercise. It can be good for joint pain. It can be good for all kinds of things, but no, it's not a perfect exercise. There is no such thing as the perfect exercise that encompasses everything. So stop searching for that one thing. It doesn't exist. Okay, so swimming, yes, it can be good because there's not really any like joint impact, right? And it can be good if you're very weak and you feel like, ah, oh, it helps me and there's a little bit of resistance. Yes, all good things. And also there's a limit to what you're going to get out of it in terms of specific strength gains because the amount of resistance you get is basically going to be 
always the same because water has a certain viscosity, you won't be building strength beyond a certain pretty limited limit, right? If you want to be able to pick up grocery bags, you want to be able to pick up a grandchild or a child, your nephew or your niece, you have to be able to handle a certain amount of weight in a certain configuration. You're not going to get that from swimming. You're not going to get a, a deadlift pattern. You're not going to learn how to properly hinge and hold on to weight and stand up safely. Likewise, you're also not going to learn how to support your own weight and take your weight falling because you have buoyancy in the water and it's just not something you're going to be practicing. Also, you won't be building that much leg strength in the water. Yes, you do kicking, but I can tell you that is not enough resistance to build strength in your thighs to help you do simple things like standing up from the floor or lowering yourself down to the floor. So yes, it can help you move. It can help you burn calories. It is fun. It can feel like such a mental and emotional release. I've heard that from many people and I also feel when I go swimming like, ah, just, I just feel euphoric afterwards. But it doesn't build thigh muscle strength. It doesn't build your calves. It's not going to build much of your lower body. A lot of swimming has to do with your upper body, but that still isn't going to prepare you to do things like lifting something heavy, pulling something heavy, pushing something heavy. It's going to help you get better at swimming, but that doesn't necessarily carry over into your daily life. Okay. Question number three was a user from, uh, it's from Michael. He's a user, he's a student of the FAI Fix. Uh, and he said that he was feeling stuck. He said that when he tried to activate his glutes, the left one wouldn't really activate, the right one would. And he's like, what, what am I supposed to do here? And he said, every time he goes to stretch his left glute, he feels pain in the hip joint. I'm guessing he's, feeling pinching more in the groin, um, which yes, it's close to the hip joint, but it's not like in the hip joint, right? So it feels like it, but it's not. Your hip joint is not where you think it is. And he feels like, okay, it hurts when I go to stretch it. What's the deal? So my answer is simply, you got to wake up that glute, right? So if you don't normally fire your glute, you won't be able to fire it. That's, that's simple. That's just how it works. If you fire it more and fire it often, then you can start to see if you can carry that over into other activities. One thing that Michael mentioned was when he would kind of twist a little bit, he could feel the glute firing in one position. So I'm just going to do it kneeling, but if you twist, he could feel the glute firing there, but then going this way, he couldn't feel that left glute firing, right? So if he could do simple things like single leg bridge descents and then single leg bridges, and then maybe put some weight on his, uh, on his lap or do this as a hip thrust with his, um, his upper body elevated on a bench or something, he would find that the left glute would wake up more and then he would be able to very likely use it more when he's doing things like rotating his pelvis. But if you can't feel that muscle at all, if it's so atrophied and weak that it doesn't even create any sort of stability when you're going into a glute stretch, then you really got to wake it up. I have a video that I'll link to in the description box that talks about waking up your glutes. Um, and another idea that I'll add to this is, you know, if you're in a stretch and you can't feel the muscle, Hey, try contracting, create the 
um, demand that forces that muscle to work. So if I'm in this position, I'm not really feeling that muscle, I can put my hands here, create a wall, and then push, right? Just kind of pushing into my hands, and that's firing those glutes in a specific way, right? You can do that with all kinds of stretches to help you get stronger in weird positions. That helps you build strength at every length, which I swear I've heard on this channel before. All right, finally, uh, I wanna talk about Sissa's uh, question and her comment. Before I do that, I do wanna say, if you wanna support my channel and more Q and A's like this, please find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash uprighthealth. That helps me make more videos for you. And in this age when YouTube is trying to turn itself into TikTok, it's really helpful for me to know that I've got Patreon patrons out there supporting me and not driving me to make mindless TikTok shorts. Shorts or TikToks? I don't know what they're called. On YouTube, they're called shorts and they're still just as annoying as things that are on TikTok. So I honestly have no idea what you call them on TikTok. All right, so Sissa um, says, thanks so much. For all the great videos you make, they've been helping me tremendously. You're welcome. I'm sending you this message to ask if you happen to know of any good quality kids barefoot sneakers. I'm a tiny person who wears kids size shoes um, and depending, whoa, well, size two to three depending on the brand and I can't find a kid's sneaker that properly fits. Most of them do not provide good foot stability and many feel like I'm leaning backwards with the toes never having a chance to reach the ground. They feel as if I were in a canoe-shaped shoe. I end up being way more comfortable and feeling safer working out barefoot, but you can't do that at the gym. Thanks again. So, so you understand this, I don't even own shoes like this, but what she's talking about is a lot of kids' shoes have these soles where the toes are up like this, right? Or it, like it's such a stiffly shaped sole that it's, it's not allowing your foot to do what it's supposed to do. This is also true in adult shoes, by the way. Um, and so there's so much of this rocker that you're literally in a canoe. If you go to any normal store, any normal shoe store, and you look at children's shoes, you'll see that it's so striking. It drives me insane because it makes no sense. Well, here's why it makes sense. It kind of feels fun and good and novel to a kid. As humans, if you can give us something novel and fun feeling, different feeling, we're more likely to have a, ooh, nice positive response, right? And so for a kid, you get them into this thing that basically rocks them forward with every step, it's gonna feel like, whoa, awesome. It's like having jet packs on your feet or something, or on your butt, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the metaphor makes sense. The point is that the shoes feel funky. It feels different than being barefoot. A kid might like it. Kid can run around on glass or thorns or whatever, and that feels great. Same thing with adult shoes. For parents like me who are trying to buy shoes for children, I think there are a couple recommendations. Um, and for Sissa who has small feet, this might be helpful. Um, I know Splay has decent kids shoes. I know their sh adult shoes for me and for my wife don't feel that good because the near the top of the toes um, at the toe box, like right here, it's like, it's not high enough. There's not enough height and it feels like it rubs too much over the top of my foot. But my son in the kids sizes, who he's only five, he doesn't seem to complain. They seem fine for him. And the, the soles of the shoes feel good. So I've, I've tried 
the adult version of the splays, I do like the soles. Those do feel nice and flexible and they feel, you know, zero drop, they feel good. So maybe check those out. Um, the other thing I would suggest if you're looking for barefoot kids shoes um, is water shoes, right? Like those water shoes that are just like mesh and then you have um, the Velcro closure that seems to work really well. Although, you know, if you're an adult and you're looking for something that looks more adult, those maybe don't work so well. So splays, um, I don't actually know how good the selection is for um, Zeros and Lems for their barefoot shoes for kids. Uh, I know Vivo Barefoot has kids um, barefoot shoes, but those are kind of pricey. So if you're an adult who's looking for adult looking shoes, then Vivo Barefoot might have something in your size. Um, it looks like for Zero, there are just the Zero Prios and um, those might be good for athletic endeavors, but if you're looking for something that's more adult looking, then I would think that Vivo Barefoot's probably your best option. I haven't really seen that many good uh, adult looking kids shoes that are also flexible. If you have, please drop it in the comment section down below so I can check that out uh, and Sissa can also find that in the future too, right? So let's help each other out here. All right, so that's it for the Q&A today. Um, if you have more questions, you can drop them in the comment section. If you really want me to see your questions, I suggest you find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash uprighthealth and then send me a message there or drop a comment there that lets me know what your question is and then I can address it in a future video. And it also means that I know I got your support and I'm gonna keep making good long form content on YouTube instead of making, again, all those crappy tiktok -y short thingies that I don't really wanna be making. I appreciate your support, I appreciate your watching. I hope that this video was helpful and useful for you. If you have more questions, please drop them down below. If you have interests in any more of my videos, make sure you subscribe. If you haven't subscribed already, I don't know why you haven't. Just hit the subscribe button, it's so easy. And of course, share this, like this video, comment. If you're looking for more free videos to help you with your body and your life, check these videos out here. And as always, I hope you remember that pain sucks, life shouldn't.